You're listening to the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast, a podcast designed to help female entrepreneurs like you stand out authentically and genuinely on social media. I want to get you creating the social media content that may be imperfect for others, but it's right for you and your business. I'm your host, Kirsten Jordan. I'm a social media content strategist, and I'm excited you are here today. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast. I am so excited that you're taking the time to tune in because I have a very special guest today. I'm sitting here with Tara Filto, who is the founder and executive director of the Mother Daughter Empower Charitable Organization. And we're going to be talking about something that I wish more people were talking about, and it's about empowering our girls. So welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here today. Oh, I'm I'm always so thrilled when people say yes when I reach out. <laughs> so especially people that I don't know as much. And so you fell into that category where I saw you speak and, and be part of an event, uh, Liat, Liat Horovitz. And I was like, I need to interview her for the podcast. So thank you for saying yes. I know this is a very busy time for you. So much appreciated. Absolutely. I'm so uh, honored and grateful that you reached out and, and really happy to be here with you today. Okay. So before we get into actually what it is that you do, I do have a little bit of an opening icebreaker question, if that's yes. okay. Absolutely. So if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? Oh, it's such a good question. I, I really struggle with that question because I'm such a big believer that everything that happens to you in life leads you to where you're supposed to be. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I really don't see myself doing anything else than what I am doing right now. If you would have asked me that 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I would have probably said, oh, I'm going to be a singer. Like that's what, like that's where I was at in that space. But today I just feel like, nope, this is where I'm supposed to be. There is nothing else that I would want to be doing. Mm. So did you used to sing? I did. I did. Oh. So um, throughout my teenage years and very early 20s, um, I'm originally from from Montreal, Quebec. So I did a lot of music within like the underground scene there. And I traveled and uh, over the East Coast and toured uh, with an album that I recorded. And it was it was a lot of a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and of course, the, once I started my family, that wasn't really the lifestyle that I wanted to continue mm-hmm. with just being so busy. And so it, it was a, a very fun time that I feel like all of that experience led me uh, to where I am again wow. today. <laughs> and now I'm like, wow, there's always like a thread of connection, I find with my guests. So I actually went to university in Montreal. I lived for probably eight years in Montreal. And so now I'm like, did I ever see you perform in Montreal? (laughs) Wow. Very interesting. Where did you study? Um, I went to McGill. So I did live in what, I apologize for using this word, but McGill ghetto land. Yep. Yep. Um, And then, you know, after I finished my undergrad there, I did do some more studies at Concordia, but still lived in the McGill area. Isn't that um, crazy? So I went to both Dawson and Concordia. It's so oh, funny how, yeah. 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 It's a great city. I wish it is. It really is. Sorry, Toronto listeners. <laughs> I do love Toronto, but if I had a choice, I would totally pick Montreal. Yeah. Oh, for It'll Toronto. always be home to me. Yeah. It will. It's a really good vibe and experience there. Okay. So you love what you do. 
You're happy to be doing it. What do you do, Tara? So I'm the founder and executive director of Mother Daughter Empower, which is a Canadian national charitable organization. Wow. And what do you focus on? So we focus on both women and girls. Um, Our goal is to empower both women and girls to live life to their full potential. So we really want them to dream big, believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. The foundation of the organization is based upon a stat um, that I stumbled across years ago, which at age seven, a boy's and girl's confidence is the same. But by age 14, a girl's confidence will decrease by 30% in comparison to boys of the same age. So when I read that, I figured, you know what, we really, really need to see a change in that statistic. I know I talked a little bit about my musical career, but I have over 20 years experience working with the foundations and non-for-profits and charitable organizations across Canada. So my heart is really um, set in, in terms of like the charitable world. And that kind of planted a seed when I came across that stat that, you know what, we, we really need to see a difference in that for the next generation. Yeah. And, and sadly, I'm not really surprised by that stat. So I'm a mother um, of a girl, nine years old, and, and already I can see sort of little tinges of, you know, things maybe starting to shift in her terms of her confidence, um, yes. which is a shame. We're trying to really support her in that area. But it's just, it's fascinating because, you know, as a, as a young girl, like before this age, you know, she was out there, she, you know, would do everything confidently. And now there's just, there's just some shuttle, subtle shifts that we're seeing. So yeah, it's, it's great funny that you're doing that this type of work. You mentioned the age of nine and it's so true. And I think for a lot of parents that, that are in that age group, they do identify that because I feel like before that they're so eager to follow you around. They're so eager mm to just try new things. And there really is a shift around that nine and 10 years old where you you really start to see those differences. I mean, obviously there's a lot of factors go into that as well, just in terms of like preteen and girls and uh, the hormones and all of that that come with it. But oh, just yeah. in terms of, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but just in terms of society and our school systems and social media and the mm. pressures that our girls are facing, uh, they're living in a world that is far different than the world that we grew up in. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not to say that we didn't also deal with those pressures, but it is very different in terms of it's, it's much more harder, I think, for this, this generation of girls to, to disconnect. So there's a lot, a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. And, and what kind of programming do you put out actually within your organization? Like how do you, what does that look like? Yeah. So we do free community workshops. So you'll see us pop up across Ontario and we're hoping to expand across mm. Canada over the next couple of years and even internationally, <laughs> fingers crossed. But so we do free workshop for both women and girls, moms and girls as well. And we also do one-on-one coaching and counseling supports that is also free. So right now, as most people are aware, there's like a 2.5 year wait list to access any type of mental health support, coaching, counseling, therapy, unless you have private insurance. And even if you do, there's still a lot of wait lists out there. So we're trying to really, really fill in that gap and help out where we can. Um, there's such a need of one-on-one support. A lot of women out there uh, and a lot of girls sometimes just need somebody to talk to, help them set those goals. Uh, help them build that confidence. And there's so much that can happen in terms of support. I know a lot of organizations out there um, really focus on emergencies, right? And Mm -hmm. and that there's such a need in terms of, you know, when you have a 
a woman that needs to leave a, a domestic abuse right. situation. They need to flee right now. So there's definitely the need for those support services. But what we found is that there's not enough services in terms of uh, preventative services. Um, mm -hmm. So to get in there at a young age, to get in there before these crises happen, to support people so that they can like deal with life's challenges and live to their full potential. So that's where we're really trying to create that change is getting there, getting in there and being preventative um, mm -hmm. to help support those women and girls so um, that we can prevent these bigger issues from happening down the line. So essentially, we do our workshops, we do our one-on-one -on -one coaching and counseling, and then we also do our events. So our biggest event of the year is coming up very soon on September the 24th, Mother Daughter Empower Conference and Awards. And again, our goal is to make these type of educational events as accessible as possible to women and girls because there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Uh, we created this event because there was nothing else out there that brought together both generations of women and mm. girls to access this type of educational and empowerment event. So that's where I think we're really unique, but also just making it super accessible. So um, before we became a charity, because we're first in our we're in our first year of, of being a charitable organization, we hosted this event, and the price to attend the event was just slightly over $100, mm -hmm. which covered our costs. But our goal, again, we know that uh, families are struggling a lot these days, and we do not want financials to be a barrier to accessing our event. So this year, we've created the event. There's a fundraising component to it as well. Tickets are just 27 bucks, so a wow. huge, huge difference in terms of accessibility. And with that being said... We also have sponsored tickets. So if, again, the financial barrier is there and you like just can't do it this year and you might have multiple kids or maybe you want to bring a niece and a grandma, mm -hmm. reach out to us. Uh, we do have sponsored tickets available for anyone that is in need. That's amazing. And I, I do think you're unique. And actually, this is something that I wanted to ask you about is that you're focusing on the mother-daughter relationship. Why did you choose to do that? Because it's not one that you often see focused on, if at all, yes. like I've seen maybe, you know, girls empowerment activities or events, but never that combination um, of the mother-daughter relationship. It's a great question. And actually, that's the exact reason why there really <laughs> wasn't anything else. There really wasn't anything else out there when we started doing our research four years ago. I could not find anything that I could bring my my daughter's going to be my eldest daughter, my mom of three. It's going to be 13 at the time she was seven. Um, and, uh, I love going to woman empowerment conferences mm. and workshops and just, you know, networking and that energy and engagement. I thought, how powerful would this kind of stuff be for, for my young daughter? Right. And when I started to research, there was some great drop-off programs, but nothing that we could do together. So that is essentially the reason why we started mother daughter empower is because there was definitely a need. Um, and, and we couldn't, we couldn't find anything else out there that we could access. And I think it, it helps both sides. Like I'm thinking through as a mother myself, as I said, of a nine-year-old mm -hmm. girl, like it is a very, very different world that they're growing up in. And I need supports yes. in that regard because, 100%. you know, when, when she's coming and telling me on the walk to school, you know, YouTube shorts is, is better than YouTube videos because people's attention spans are shorter. And that's like where I want to focus my like YouTube career on. I'm like, I don't even know, like, where do we start with this? And I work in digital marketing. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of proud that she's aware that people's attention spans are short. But on the other hand, I'm like, ah, oh, like she aspires to be a YouTuber and yep. she is entering the world of social media. And that scares me a little bit about, yep. you know, what does that actually mean? 
um, in the years to come. I couldn't agree more. I think moms more than ever, we're looking to support our kids because we want to support that dream of hers that she has. But how do we do it in a healthy manner, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's such a need right now for parents and caregivers and moms to also get that education and support. How do we support our girls going through everything that they're going through and to support them through their dreams and goals? And the number one thing that we say, and then I often in in even our one-on-one coaching sessions is we always ask the moms, you know, how are you showing up? Because so often we'll have moms that'll come and they have concerns about their daughters. And far too often, um, those moms are dealing with those same concerns. And so, (laughs) and that's a hard pill to swallow (laughs) sometimes, right? Um, So it's really, really reevaluating, you know, how we we want, how do we want our kids to show up and how are we showing up? Because I can promise you that your kids aren't going to listen to what you're saying, but they're going to absorb everything every single move that you make. They really are. Yeah. So that's like a, a huge component of what we do and that we preach at Mother Daughter Empower. And, and so far often, it's really exciting to see the moms take on that empowerment journey and how much effect that has directly on, on their girls. So um, it's a really, really unique um, relationship, that mother-daughter yeah. relationship. And when we say mother-daughter relationship, we have aunts that take on that role. Mm. We have grandmothers that take on that role. We have dads that take on that role. So we don't discriminate. That's open to anyone that want to take that role in a girl's life. And I think there's so much potential. Sometimes that's a teacher that takes on mm. that role. Uh, and to encourage more people to take on that role because we talk about this village all the time. And there's far too many people that don't have one and that are still looking for it. And so that's what we're trying to create is really that support village for both women and girls. No, it's, that's amazing. And it's, you know, we're, we're all still learning. And I mean, even this week, um, going back to my daughter being this YouTuber, aspirational YouTuber, yes. you know, with a group of her friends, she's like, well, we want to do a bracelet making business. And so now I'm finding myself like, like, I'm not shutting down the idea, but I'm, I'm trying to coach them through it of like, yes. and now I'm like, am I developing like a mini business plan for this little group of girls? And I'm like, I guess I could host them weekly at my house and they could have bracelet making business planning meetings. But yeah, about, yeah, supporting their dreams and and not shutting them down. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And giving them the tools to 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 figure it out too. Right. And to support them and to to let them know that really anything is possible as long as they set their mind to it, have a plan and and work towards it. And and having yeah. parents to support that. And I think that's that's all you can do because I think there is still um, a lot of parents out there that have their own plan and their own dreams for their kids. And that's also something mm. that we educate a lot about because, you know, our children are unique and we could want whatever we want for them. But at the end of the day, that's it needs to be their own, own journey and their own path as well. Yeah. And just as you were talking, what comes up a little bit different, but you know, and it goes back to the world of social media. We've seen a lot of, of women mothers who have made an income off of their children through their mom influencer roles on social media. Yes. And that's something I find myself thinking a lot about in terms of where is that headed and is that a good thing? Because as children get older and have their own social presence, I worry about cyberbullying and maybe you know, friends or not friends finding content that a parent had put out and using it to make fun of a girl. Yes. And that's definitely um, a valid concern. 
Um, I think it's really important for parents to engage and have that conversation with their kids because it's always a possibility. You never know what kids are going to pick up at school and bring to school. And especially with social media, everything is shareable. One picture, <laughs> one thing can can go viral in, in, a, in a few seconds, as we know. So it's really important to, to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important also to to talk about consent, social media consent mm-hmm. with your kids at a very young age. Um, I, I'm a mom of three. I have one boy and two girls. Two of them are like, yeah, you can post that mommy. And they're still very young, but mm-hmm. we still have those conversations. And then I have my almost 13 year old who is very, very specific in terms of what I can share, what I can't share. And it's important to, to have, again, those conversations, have those boundaries and respect them as parents too. Right. Cause that's, that's, that needs to be part of their decision. That's so yeah. important. Absolutely. And in your event, so what age do you start working? Like what age can a, a girl be to actually come to one of your events or workshops? We, we say seven plus just seven because plus. that's when they start uh, being having the opportunity to really gauge what we're mm-hmm. doing. And it's really open. You don't even have to have a daughter to come to our events. It's open yeah. to both women and girls, which we're really trying to put that messaging out there since we became a charity as well. So it's it's geared towards moms, caregivers, all generations of women, and of course, young girls. But again, we do focus that unique component is that mother-daughter relationship. Um, so we really look at girls ages seven plus because we feel like that's when they can really start to absorb some of this information. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. And with your own so, I mean, you've done a phenomenal job of, of building awareness around what it is that you do. How has, how do you handle your own social media? Oh, social media. <laughs> I had to ask. So, yeah, no, abs- absolutely. So in terms, are you, are you asking in terms of like my personal social media or, or the mother-daughter social your media? Your mother-daughter social media. Okay. So our mother-daughter social media has been... Like there's such a huge learning curve. I feel like we um, gained a lot of momentum within like our first two years. We got such a, such a following online. So that really proved that, okay, what we're doing, there's a need here. Um, but I feel like social media always also takes up a lot of time and energy. Um, so we, especially since becoming a charitable organization, of course, we utilize social media because it's a free marketing resource and it does work. With that being said, we 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 don't put as much emphasis on mm-hmm. having such a structure and putting all of that pressure that social media pressure that we did have i think at the beginning of starting mother daughter empower um, so now we're more geared towards we're using it as a promotional tool to promote who we are what we're doing a lot of our events are free so we're not uh, our events and workshops a lot of them are are, are accessible and free so we're not necessarily constantly asking people for something, but putting it out there. I think um, the knowledge and resources that we put out. So we're just focused on really promoting who we are and what we do and, and utilizing social media as that vessel and not putting so much pressure on, okay, we have to post this many times a day. We have to do, we've kind of taken a little or shy, shy away from that type of structure just because it was, it was taking too much yeah, it's not from. a healthy thing to do. Like it's not. It's not. It, there was a lot of pressure of like you need to do things like this. You need to be getting so many followers, and we totally, totally kind of brushed that aside. And we're like, no, we're just going to be a hundred percent authentic with what we do. 
do we have a structure? Yeah, kind of like when we have something to promote, but we're not putting that pressure on us because our resources and our energy need to be focused elsewhere than just on social media. No, for sure. Do you know, um, I'm just curious, like what, what marketing channel does tend to be your top source of referrals? Like how do people find out most about you? Is it word of mouth? Is it social? Is it, you know, local community efforts? I think it is a mix of all of that. I would say that Instagram is probably our biggest um, social platform in terms of sharing engagement. Mm -hmm. Definitely Instagram. But we highly rely on our community partners over the last four years, just as you know, you you mentioned that's how you discovered me was with with Nyad at her event. So we rely on our community partners significantly to help promote our organization. And I feel like the more that our community partners and the people that we know share, whether that's on social or in person at their events, it makes it has such a huge impact. So I would mm-hmm. say that it's really a different, like a combination of community, Instagram in terms of social media. I've been trying to reach out, do more uh, engagement on LinkedIn as well, yeah. um, because I feel like the numbers there is they're not as tweaked or like Instagram and Facebook now they mm-hmm. want you to pay for ads. But LinkedIn is still very organic, so we've shifted a little bit and, and started to focus on LinkedIn, but it definitely is a mix. And I will also say we've built up our newsletter mm. and um, in terms of like our signups and our ticket, like event ticket sales yeah. or whatnot, I would say a lot of it comes from our newsletter and that's again, but that's building community, right? Yeah. Those and are- you've built that trust, right? Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. The reason I ask is I think people's heads always go to social and yeah. they forget about a lot of the other stuff that you just described. So it's great that, you know, you've got that e-newsletter, you've got yeah. the community partners, because it all needs to work together and, and to come together. And each platform sort of has different goals. So once somebody's on your email list, they they are in your community. Whereas on social, people are still kind of feeling you out. Exactly. And on socials, you really never know. Like se- like you follow so many people, but what you see on a daily basis is such a small percentage of like who you follow. So it's so hard to gauge like who's actually seeing your content and whatnot. So having that newsletter, yeah. you know that that community is receiving that content directly into their email, right? Yeah. So, and I, I have to say like when it comes to your marketing plan in terms like for us, we all automatically think about online, but mm. we cannot replace, as we all know, no. since coming back from COVID, that in-person connection, I highly recommend to add networking events, network, network, network mm. as much as you can in person or one-on-one via Zoom if it's, if you know, if travels, yeah. but just network and have these conversations and talk to people about what you do, who you are is mm-hmm. so, so important to, for that to be a part of your, your marketing plan. And it's extremely authentic as well, right? So Yeah, no, you're right. People do forget about the offline and they think about the online, but you know, you can't re- replace human connection. And even if it's just one person, you never know where that relationship can take Absolutely. you, right? Um, so it, it is really critical. What, you know, if we were talking 20 years from now, what do you hope has changed for for girls? Uh, I really hope that we have some more data and that we see a change in that stat. That's right. I would love, love, love to see a change in that stat. I think when you look at women and you know how far we've come over the last one hundred years, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. There's still su- there's still such a gap when you look at you know even like the wage gap and 
you yeah. know, the, st- the stats that are out there, we still have a lot of work to do. So I would love to see in 20 years some research being done and, and seeing a change in, in those stats. Yeah. For some reason, the Dove Self-Esteem Fund comes to mind. Yes. Um, do you work with them at all or because they've done a lot of work in this area or they, they produce do. research in this area? I know. They absolutely do. So they're definitely on our on our list. <laughs> I always say <laughs> there's like so much to do, not enough hours in a day. We're a, we're in the infancy stage of being mm. a charitable organization within our first year. We're still not even at, at the stage where we can hire out. We're really, really working towards that. So it, they're definitely on our list. We we follow them and I love to engage in their mm. content. And I would absolutely love to be able to partner with them uh, in the future. Definitely. They're doing some great work. Yeah. You never know. Could be a DM away. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to tag them in this podcast. <laughs> um, so my last question is, you know, can anyone who is listening to this, is there a way that they can help you support your dream and become involved in your work? Absolutely. So a couple of months ago, we launched uh, our 100 founding supporters for Mother Daughter Empower. So I think we're at almost the 20 mark. So we have about 20 supporters. We're looking for our first 100 founding supporters that are willing to commit with a monthly donation of a minimum of $25. Uh So it's something, again, that's pretty accessible for at least one year. So our goal right now is to really create some sustainability within our organization. So once we reach our goal of getting those 100 founding supporters, we'll at least have a very minimal uh, sustainability within mm-hmm. our organization. And as a thank you, those 100 founding members, whether they're uh, people or businesses, they will remain on our website forever. Um, so we have a thank you page to our 100 founding supporters, and we also thank them on social media. So it's a great opportunity even for you know a business to be able to, to put their name out there and show mm-hmm. support. And I think that's also a unique way for us as a charitable organization because of our marketing background and our following online is that we actually are able to really put our partners, our sponsors, our donors in front of our community of mothers and girls as a thank you as well, which goes a long way for their marketing too. Well, that's amazing. Your website, you want to share that and how people find you on Instagram? Yes. So you can find us anywhere online at Mother Daughter Empower. And our website is www.motherdaughterempower.org. And you'll find all of our information. Oh, you're a .org. We're a .org. We Mm. we switched over since we uh, became a charity. Okay. I'm sure a lot of your time is on the fundraising side right now too. (laughs) We're trying. It's, it's hard, right? But we're definitely, we're definitely trying to get out there in terms of fundraising, in terms of accessing now that we have our charitable status, Mm. that's the biggest thing. It's really tapping into those government grants and accessing more funding. That's the reason why we became a charity in the first place so that we could access funding and help even more women and girls. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time. It is much appreciated. I know everybody listening will have enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love for you to leave me a review or to subscribe so you can make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes. And I'd love to continue the conversation over on Instagram at Kirsten Jordan Digital. Until next time, keep being perfectly imperfect.